This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Let's speak about this, the Rabbein Avadim Ibaratonura. He was, first of all, a Talmud and a Marik. We spoke last time, last month we spoke about the Marik in Italy. The um, the Rav, uh, uh, as he's called, was a Talmud Rick, lived in Italy. Bartonoro is a town in Italy. Um, before was a wine put out by Kedem, it was a town in Italy. And um, and that's where he grew up. Um, he ended up in Etzisro. That's where he's, but just like that's where he's buried. So we know not much about his life. And again, we, we have, the only way you can tell dates are when somebody's mentioned. So the Marik mentions him in a tshuva with Harocha as a Talmud. So we can, we can pin a certain amount of, of time to that. And then later people mention him when he's alive, when he's dead. Be'erech, he was born in the mid-1400s. 1450 is a, is, a, is, a, is a good time to peg it at. And was Nifta around fifteen fifteen is is also a reasonable guess. That's as far as we know about him. The um, they found also a document in the um, in those days. Goyim were not allowed to borrow with with interest from other Goyim. This was this was a long in, in much in the in the in the Middle Ages like that. And therefore, the, the heta iska for a guy was that a Jew would lend him with ribis, vice versa, I guess. Um, and Jews um, were people who, that was what they worked at. He is listed on a document from the Pope that he is the primary lender of interest in such and such a town. He's licensed to lend interest. We have that written record. We have um, also, uh, um, he's mentioned in the, the Radvaz, writes about him. Radvaz uh, was shortly after him, and the Radvaz writes, He was the Chashish to Rav Yishalayim. He was a Talmud of Ashkenazim. It looks like we said last night to Marik, the Torah came from Germany. And, uh, and he says it's not, it's not even 40 years since he's been Nifta. So the Radvaz pegs him at a certain age and a certain time. And he was, and he gives him a certain status of Cheshivas. Like we speak many times, the only place really to get information about somebody are things that he wrote, contemporaries wrote, and so on. In the, in the, in the Rav itself, so first of all, the Sfarim we have from him, we have a Sefer on Rashi called Amar Nako, which means Semer Torah, which very deoctic, you know, nitty gritty of Rashi. And his, and his Magnus Opum is the, the Pirush of Mishnayis, which really made Mishnayis a Sefer that's learnable um, on its own. The Gemara says that Tanoim Amivale Oilam, 
meaning people learn Mishnayas are destructive. The Gemara Sayyidachin, it says the word stands it to Gemara answers because they pass in front of Mishnayas. Mishnayas, as, as you read the words, is very misleading. You have to be able to learn up is the Hasur Mechsuri, is it going like a certain Mandi Amma, what's the case we're talking about, and, and therefore was discouraged. The Shalah Kaddish writes very strongly. Shalah Kaddish was next generation. He writes very strongly about learning Mishnayas. And he says, from the time that the Rambam, and especially the Rav, came around, Mishnayis has now the status of, doesn't have the problems, because if you learn the Rav, you have the Pirish of the Gemara, and therefore it's now something that we can learn as Mishnayis. I, don't, I think we don't appreciate enough what it means that, imagine learning Mishnayis without a Gemara. You definitely get it wrong. And the Rav condenses the Gemara, and he had a way to write it that's accessible, it's easy. He does, he does use Rashi a lot, um, that he integrates it a lot. And that's, that's what he remains most famous for and has a special place. It, it became something, Mishnayis with the Rav, is, is like Chumash Rashi, it's the same status, and, and, and that's his Cheshivas and so on. We have one interesting, very few places in the very few places in the Pirish that he digresses in some personal note. There's a place in Bechiris where he, where he goes very, very strongly against people that are Masada Gitten and Mishnayis, Masada Gitten and, and other things and take a lot of money for it. He says, Uberaboni Ashkenaz Raisi Sharuya Bedavazer. I saw a terrible thing in the Rabbani Ashkenaz. Um, a rov will take ten zehuvim to spend a half hour writing a get. And a person like that is like a gazlin anus. It's, you know, no one is allowed to give a get without the Rav. And so on. Very, very strong Lashon. Radvaz brings it, and Radvaz seconds it, that he feels it's wrong to take Haitzas like that. And that's one of the very few places where in the Pirish we have something personal, uh, you know, from him. But... There's a, there is something very fascinating from the Rav. He left Eretz Yisrael. He went to Eretz Yisrael, and he um, and he wrote letters back home to his father about his trip, about Eretz Yisrael, and those letters are fascinating. They're printed. They were printed in a sefer called Darchetzion, and then there's a, a, a more contemporary sefer is called Igris Eretz Yisrael. It's sort of an academic work where somebody printed up letters written from Eretz Yisrael to other people over the ages and he includes these, these um, two letters. Um, and he is, um, and, and I want to read some parts of it because they're really extraordinary. Um, so again, I'll read and try to skim through it. So, why is he writing a letter? I, I, I still want to uh, note something interesting. You, we spoke about this, and we spoke about the Chidah, 
and is safe for his travel log, Magdatov. It's, it's rare. In, in Divrei Torah itself, you get to see one aspect of a person. As in a safer like the, like the Pirish and Rav, you get very, very little to see because it's not really his Divrei Torah. It's his condensed Pirush. It's not like a safer where Chaisa Ramban, where you see a certain way in which a person approaches something. The Rav is meant to be as, you know, matter of fact as possible. So you don't see much. And in Divertur, in general, it has to stick around Divertur. This is a travelogue. He's writing about it, and a lot of fascinating points. So there's two letters from, the, from him to his father, uh, to, one to his father and one, I think, to his brother, maybe. And then there's one letter from a Talmud who writes about how incredibly, how about the Bartanur is considered to be the Rav, the universally accepted Rav and so on. I want to go through some parts of the letters. It's fa- so. His travel to Israel took about a year and a half. The airline connections in those days were, were less than optimal. <laughs> and, um, and you, you know, you traveled from place to place. It was a journey. And he, and he stopped off at certain places. He stayed, and he writes about his impressions. There's, there's a real sense of what's going on. I first want to start why he's writing the letter. He writes to his father. The letter is written in 1488. He says... Um, I feel terrible about leaving you, and I can't get over the fact that I left you over when you're old and you have no strength left over, and that I left you alone in your old age. I'm, I'm, I'm crying incessantly. But if I can't be mechabed you by actually helping you, as, as would be uh, uh, Roy, so I'm not sure if there was a reason that he had to leave Italy or he actually, um, he decided he has to do it. So he says, at least I will remember you by writing to you and trying to, and trying to write things to you as you would as you would like to me about the Jews in different places where I went, how they interact with the goyim, because that you that's what you instructed me in your letters, and therefore that's what I'm going to do. So the first thing is a tremendous uh, a tremendous uh, heart wrenching that he left his father over. Basically, there was no traveling those days. You, you couldn't you couldn't do year and a half travels more than once. So. He left, he left over his father's old age and, and, you know, sort of not enough people to care for him and so on. So that's one, just the way he writes about it. Now he talks about different cities, like excerpt, uh, excerpted different, different pieces. He says, Palermo is a big city and the capital of Sicily. And there's about 850 um, Jewish families um, all of them are in one area in, in the city. He says um, they do all sorts of mining and work with metals. And they, they're very, they're extremely, uh, what's the right word, denigrated by the Goyim. They, they really are, they're all wear ripped and dirty clothing and they have to, you know, those they, they, they look, they wear rags, shmatas, 
they have to wear a, a red um, badge on the uh, on the uh, on their heart to show that they're Jewish, and they have very heavy taxes, not money, but they have to go do the hardest works for the king. They also have to execute and torture people on behalf of the king. And there are a lot of malshinim amongst <laughs> the Jews. Jews rat on each other to the government. Delturim harbe. And it's like almost hetev. They just do it all the time. Um, they're all ratting on each other, not, not embarrassed. And if somebody gets into a fight with somebody else... He finds, he invents stories about him. And if, let's say, the government investigates and they don't find it to be true, there's no punishment. To, 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 to rat on somebody falsely doesn't carry punishment. Um, they also, he says, are very make on the is of Nida. And most of the women that get married are expecting when they get married. Pretty shocking. Uh-huh. I, I mean... And then he says the only thing they're machmer on is yenon shel nachrim, on stam yen. That they're very machmer. And he says a whole story over here. But, but, but this is, this is uh, he said, um, then he says uh, some other observations on, on Lel Yon Kippur, a different minhagim, Lel Yon Kippur, Lel Shainer Rabba, after they finished Av Mairiv. They open up the the the, the heichel was a place where they kept sefer Torah. They sit there um, all night till the morning. Um, the women come and they kiss the sefer Torah. They come in through one entrance, go out the other one, and so on. Very very unusual in hagim. They lay in shema. Everybody lay in shema out loud. This is true in Mitzrayim and Eretz Yisrael. In Yom Kippur, they don't say stich in the middle of davening, but after davening. They say Tachnun on every Tefillin Yom Kippur. And in Tisha B'Av, they say Slichas, they say Vayavar uh, more than we say in Yom Kippur. And Semchus Torah, also a lot of things. I can't, and I, so very interesting, different in Hagim. Um, then he said, the, uh, he had a very, very interesting, they wanted him to be a Rav there, to stay and be a Rav over there. He had no Cheshach whatsoever. <laughs> So he said they got very smart. They just didn't tell him when there were ships coming to go to Israel. So, you know, the, the days went by, months went by. He had no one, you know, as far as he knew, there weren't any ships coming. He said, um, the, he said they, they kept me there until the boats left, and I, couldn't, and I couldn't travel. So he said I would stay there, and Darshan... Um, every Shabbos, three hours before Mincha, um, three hour drushes, I would speak against people who malshinim, who tattle on each other, against Nidas. And he said, many of the elders told me that many people did tshuva and stopped. I don't know if after leaving it, it had any effect, but when I was there, they, they told me it stopped. He said, the way they treated me when I was there is, is, um, is the way Goyim treats saints. They would say that I'm a prophet Hashem, that Hashem sent. 
they would try to get part of my clothing as a zeicha, and the woman that was zeicha to wash and press my clothing was like widely admired greatly. So I guess it has its pluses and minuses. You know? <laughs> Sometimes, and, and, and I guess, but even then, s- sitting around when you, know, when you want to leave and everyone treats you like a saint is not always very, very... They want to raise my salary, they want this, but I, I refused and I, I moved on. So that was his experience in Palermo. Now, he says, then he, he was Mitzrayim afterwards. I think this, this is on both. He, he says, what does a Suda of Jews, what do their Sudas look like on Shabbos? They sit um, on some sort of low table. They, they have like a, a something uh, on the tapeto, whatever that is. They, they have a, a small little uh, tablecloth with whiskey or mashke, whatever the mashke is. They bring all sorts of peris, put it on. The balabayas takes a cup of wine. He's mekadit, he makes kiddush, he drinks it, the entire one. And then um, he takes wine and it passes around. He fills it with wine, passes to everyone. Everyone drinks a full cup of wine. Then he takes a little bit fruit, drinks a second kais, and everyone says, Refuah v'chayim. <laughs> then the, everyone takes a little bit of fruit, and they all drink again wine. They say, V'simchascha refuah v'chayim. Again and again, a third kais. And then they do it until six or seven kaises. <laughs> um, and then sometimes they bring, they, 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 instead of fruits, they bring psamim, and, and they do that. The... Um, and uh, and they you know they they smell some they drink the wine and they said it's very strong wine. Um, after they finish um, drinking the wine, and you can tell on them that they drank so much, they bring meat and other stuff. The, everyone puts his hand in and takes as much as he wants. They eat very quickly and they're not marbe with achila and suda. And then he says uh, he. he uh, goes through the menu that this person gave him, and on every min, they drink another, another cup of wine. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's describing his... Did they now, wash? What? Did they wash? No, but listen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is not... This is the Toyamel. It says the minig in Eretz Yishmael, in all of the Arab countries for the Jews, is Arab Shabbos, they go to the, to the, to the Merchitz, when they come back, they bring the wine and they drink a lot. Mm. Then they bring some of the food that's prepared for the night and they eat until it becomes dark. After it's dark and they've eaten and drunk, they go to the shul in clean clothing. They do shirs ispochis. They mayach and fill arvis two hours. They come home. They make kiddush. They eat a kazayas bread. They bench bring some muzzin and, 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 and so on. So... I, I, it, it's, it's really very fascinating. So, so this whole thing was like the Tayamea. This was just the, the, the whole thing. And then the, the, this is what he brings. Um, he says also that I'm, I'm not sure where he um, he's speaking about a different place where they um, stay home all Shabbos. They don't go out except for Dvar Mitzvah and so on. But, what Dvar Mitzvah mean? Like? I'm not sure what 
Uh, okay, then he speaks about Mitzrayim. Then he went to Mitzrayim. He says in Mitzrayim they have... So now, Mitzrayim that he calls Mitzrayim is not Egypt the way we have it. it. It's some district that was like the central district because he, the way he says this, New Mitzrayim, Old Mitzrayim, they're next to each other. It, it, I, I think it, it refers to some sort of metropolitan area. Yes. That's a good kasha. Ask on the Rambam. And there was the Radvaz. Whatever the kasha is not on him. It's a kasha on, on a lot. You have to give it terrors. In Mitzrayim, there are like 700 Balabatim, Yudim. 50 of them are Shomronim. They're called Kusim. And 150 Karoim. So, and the rest of them are, Rabbonim means um, not Karoim, you know, it, the Shomronim only have Chamisha Chumsha Teira. They don't have, um, they don't have any of the Nevi'im of us. They also don't have, the, the, the writing that Shomronim have is a different alphabet. And that's what the Rambam calls Ksav Ivri. Like the Gemara says, they used to have Ksav Ivri before they went to Asher. Um, but he says the, the, um, they, they have a little bit different, they pronounce Shem Hashem differently. Instead of wherever it says Yudke, they write, it, it says Kosov Aleph Shin Yud Mem Aleph. They are t- bitter enemies of the Jews because they worship in Grizim. He said, and when, when we went, when I was on the way to Mitzrayim, many of them were on the way to Hagrizim to bring a Korban Pesach. They don't keep Shabbos except from Friday noon until Shabbos noon. There are very few of them left over. What? Sorry? They're doing this for today also. Yeah? Korban Pesach, I know, but this, this, the keeping Shabbos from Chatzay to Chatzay is very interesting. Um, they says they very few have left over. Kefi, what they said, there's about 500 Balabatim. If, you know, fam- I assume Balabatim means families of them. That's the Shomronim. He the still calls them Yidin. What? He still seems to call them Yidin. Yes, it's interesting. Yes, it is. He, you know, it's, out of the 700 Yidin, he says there's 50 of these and 150 of those. So I, I don't, I, he does seem to include in, that, in the number. The Karoim don't believe in Chazal. But all of Tanakh, the big Bikiyim, the Mekadesh al and he, and he says sometimes the Karoim in Mitzrayim, we, we saw it also in, in the Rishonim bring, the, the Avnezim, sometimes the Karoim in Mitzrayim make Rosh Hashanah and Kippur on a different day than the Karoim in Yerushalayim, because he, he, they do it here, they do it there, and they say it's fine. It's, they have no problem with that. Um, they said... Uh, they 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 go, they send you shalim every year. To see if the spring already and if they have to be Ma'abit year the Ma'abit and um, and it's possible that the Karoim and Mitzrayim are Ma'abit Shana and those in Turkey are not Ma'abit Shana. They they don't see any problem with that. They they fast on Shiva Ba'av, Asar Ba'av, Shavuos is always the first Sunday. That's a Gemara. They hang the lulav with all its meaning in the middle of the shul. Everybody looks at it, and that's enough. <laughs> they don't have any fire on, on, on Shabbos. 
That's that, that's kiddur. That's halalach. Is that's why we keep it on a blech because they hold you can't have a fire. They have shechita the way we have, even though it's not written in the Torah. They they nizer from yayin shalgoyim more than Israel. And um, and it brings a few shaylas here. Then let's see what else. Uh, he brings a, a halachic issue over here that he, that he was done on about about honey, the mixed wine, and so on. They're very nizza. The 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 karoyim are very nizza in tumah v'tayra. If someone dies, they all leave the house, and b'meila they they hire rabbanim. They hire um, us to carry the niftarim because then nizza not to be metamer to mesim. So we, we do it for them. Um, Balakarin and Nidus and Yoldus um, wash in water. They don't hold of a mikkah, but they hold they have to wash. And he brings some of the sperm they have. Um, and uh, it's very interesting. He says um, they, they change halachas. Everyone learns chumish, and if, however they feel the halachas, that's what they do. They, they try to be medayakit from there. Um, he speaks about being wealthy and so on. Okay, then he says that the Karoim are very wealthy. Now he says between the Rabboniim, they're also wealthy people. But the nature of the Yidin in, 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 in Eretz Yishmoel is to show themselves being poor and walking around wretched. They don't, wanna, they don't want to... Um, no, they have to sort of be subservient to the Arabs. They don't give tzedakah and they don't do chesed. They don't like each other. Everyone cares about himself. The karoyim are much nicer than that. They give chesed. They, they, they help the rabbonim, the rabbonim and, and so on. There are also in Mitzrayim about 50 families that are nusim from Sfarad that they converted forcibly, they all done tshuva, they all are very impoverished, they left over everything they had in Spain, and uh, they, they want to return to, the, to, 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 to tshuva. Let's see what else, there's some very, um, okay, then we haven't gotten to Yishlaim yet. Okay, so he speaks about the Nargis of Thea. Try to get to. Okay, so from Beis Lechem he went to Yerushalayim. He says it's like three mil, and it's full of vineyards and zaysim and so on. He says um, we got to we, we we from we got to a certain place where we saw the city. And we ripped Kriya. And soon we saw the Makram Migdash and we ripped Kriya a second time, as is the Allah. We came to Yerushalayim on the 13th day of Chodesh Nissen, Reish Memches, and uh, that's 1488. The, um, we're standing there in the, in the gates of Yerushalayim, and, and uh, an Ashkenazi came to me, and so on. He brought me into his house, and I stayed with him Pesach. Now, Yerushalayim is mostly Charev. 
and certainly there's not a wall around it. So that's interesting. It was before the Turks built the wall. So there was no wall around Yerushalayim. The wall we have is, is, is the wall that the Turks built. Said so it's just a, it's a wreck. There's no wall around it. Um, there are about 4,000 families total living in Yerushalayim. Of the Jews, there's about 70 families, extremely poor, no parnasa, and almost everyone is impoverished. And if a person has what to eat for a year, he's considered wealthy. There are a lot of almanis there, a lot of old people, a lot of single people, and, and so on. He said um, the, the Arabs are, um, don't, they, 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 they're not bad towards the Jews. Um, I've walked through Israel and they never, they, no one, no one chaperoned me, no one did anything wrong with me. And then he said, if there'd be somebody smart and wise, he could, he could be a manic both for the Jews and for the Goyim. But it's very impoverished, very simple people here. There's nobody here really who is able to, of a leadership role. He, the truth is he did become. He said, I ended up burying dead people in Shalayim because there were no people doing it. Then he said, um, there, there was somebody who died and in the middle, they, they, there was a woman who died. They took her to bury. The middle of the way, they just left her there and they had to call all sorts of women to carry her because nobody was there. Um, very, very difficult situation, very impoverished. Um, and uh, people are sick, afraid to call for help because they're afraid that people will steal their stuff from them. Very, very rough place to live in. Um, let's see what else is here. In the shul in Yerushalayim, there's Kemat no Sifratayra. I heard that once upon a time there were 300 Sifratayra there, and uh, there is nothing there. There's no, no Mentlach. Everything was sold. The money was used for who knows what. And uh, it's it, the dark, the shuls, and, and there's really nothing there. There was another shul um, nearby where there was a shul, but it became a mask. Why? Because it, the, the house belonged to a Jew, and he had a fight with other Jews. He converted to Islam, and when his mother saw that he converted to Islam because of how people bullied him and, and got him upset, she went and took the entire house with the shul and gave it over to the Muslims to make a mosque over there. And, uh, and this, they came and were mach the shul and so on and so forth. He says um, he likes very much the davening there. It's very mesudah. And so on. He says they get up before Alaysa Shacha, an hour or two. They say, Shir Sishbasa Shir Ayoyim, Kaddish, Duchazan and Kvurim, goes to the whole Seder at He said also, nobody here, it says, um, I see the Teva of the people living at Israel are much more Yirei Hashem than the people by us. There's nobody here who. As a picarsis, nobody is Isaac philosophy, um, nobody here is into Aristotle, and so on. 
he said uh, somebody came from Mitzrayim and started to try to preach the stuff. They tossed him out. I guess some things your shrine still didn't change. That's the. <laughs> um, he speaks about a terrible hunger that there was there, where people literally ate grass, um, and uh, how different. When you go up to Harazesim, you can you can see far from there. You can see Storm and Amora, and and I asked them, is it true uh, that you can find? the pillar, the Asia's light, the pillar of salt. And they told me, the beat, it's just full of mounds of salt. It's not shy to say as anyone, it's, it's, it, all it is is just mounds of salt. Um, speaks of how Vorm Moshe is buried in, in, in Yarden and so on. B'mokim Beis no Jew can come in, no Jew can walk in. Um, even though the, the, the Arabs wanted Jews to come and to fix up stuff over there, they don't go in because of because we're Tmeim, um, and so on. He speaks about okay, where the Jews live. He says it's, everything is mostly Kharav. Um, okay, that's so that's a description of it. Basically, it was very poor, very desolate. There was nothing there. And his Talmud writes, he eventually became Ravan, and he sort of improved things and so on. A second letter is to his brother. And there's two fascinating points over here. A little bit, he recaps everything. And he says, you asked me about the tremendous miracles that, are, that you see in Harabayas and where all the big Hasidim are buried. He says, what can I tell you? I did not see um, any miracles there. The story is that the, light, that, that the candles on Tisha B'Avay dim. He said, not true. He said, I, the, um, the story of the Sephardi that you said, that they found an old man in the Beis HaMikdash, um, and, and he's wearing... Um, a, a, a cloak and a garment, all that is just about volume. It's shekev a chazav. When the voinim kamoicha and wise people like you, roshi bochna dvaral mitosam, should check out these things to see if they're true or not. While yishub deve sheker and should not listen to to, to shtusim. That's one. The cave of Shmuel and Novi we still have. They come from all around every year on chaf ches to, to, to be Mishtachve and to, and to be Madlik Neiris. The Ishmaelim um, also respect this place greatly. And then he says, um, I never heard of, I didn't have any Isis or Mifsim over there. That should be unusual. Except that I heard that many Akaris were Nifkat and many Chalom and Israpa, um, that be, or with Tfilish Espalosham. Um, and uh, all of these things, I, I don't have any, I, you know, I, I can't tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I just don't have any right. That's what he writes. There's an irony here. It's, it's, it's one of the great ironies. So here's somebody who's writing, the Ravani Ratna is writing about that all the stories about people in, in uh, 
the, the, you know, this old man that you see in Beis Hamikdash, and he comes and he goes with a long coat, and the lights dim and this and that. It's nonsense. Didn't see any oisim moisim. never not that. That's what he writes. Historical irony would have that um, in, in in the year um, I was in the in the beginning of two thousands, they came out with a big thing about the Yeshua's the flaws on the cave of Rebbe Fadi Bartanura. <laughs> now, I, I'll, I'll read you a little bit. Uh, let me tell you who wrote this, who's the one that put this together. There's a fascinating person, his name is Yeshua Manshin. Yeshua Manshin was a Chabad Hasid, Israeli, um, a real Hasid, a real scholar. Uh, uh, I've met him, he worked in the Hebrew University Library in the Kisriyad Department. He was a person who had a lot of ideas. He really knew his stuff. Very serious, very honest. There was something about him refined, extremely refined. I've met him a few times in the library. And he wrote works. Most of the songs that he worked had to do with Chabad things about the Rebbe's first trip, the, the Baltanias, the, the Baltanias' death. Very, very um, well-researched, extremely well-researched. One of the things, he had, he had a series of articles. I don't know how or why he got away with it, on a Chabad uh, site, Sturm, that um, basically debunked story after story, Moifis after Moifis, most of them Chabad. <laughs> uh, and it's, you can, I, I downloaded it, it's, it's fascinating reading. And he's very, you know, he takes every story and he shows what could never have been, where it's coming from these stories, where it's misconstrued, very serious, very itemized and so on. And so this is one of them. He writes this up. So in, 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 somewhere in the early 2000s, they came out, they plastered Yerushalayim and, and their pamphlets about and quotes from G'daylum after G'daylum after G'daylum about it. So the first thing is, if you bother to read the quotes, the people who say that he brings truth and the flaws are dead, and no one else heard it from them. The people are alive, like what the Vizhitsa Rebbe was living at the time, he said that learning Mishnayas with Pirish Rav is a big schooler. So, so that, that I think is, is uh, possible, but no one writes anything about it. And it's, it goes with a story, it's a big, that... You know, in a mysterious place between Meishar and Beis Yisrael, <laughs> a, a big Gedolim and Sadiqim got together, and they all of a sudden remembered that there's Rav Kaduri said that when thousands of Yidin will go to the cave of Rav Nura, they'll know that Mashiach has come, and on and on and on, with stories, with mamish stories, and so forth. Um, first of all, I mean, the the the, the one of the reliable. We do not know which year he died. We do not know which month he died. We do not know which day he died. There's no marker for Gimel Sivan anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Um, he quotes and 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 you know he, he so Manchin goes homework like they quote he said a younger man has an old rare safer called a Lamasa or something like that and over there it says that that this that so. He said, it's true, it was very rare, that's the first edition, it's been reprinted five times, and it doesn't say, he, quote, he shows you, uh, you know, they'll say, they'll write about, the, the, yes, it says that he's buried a certain place, 
it doesn't, and it, so the way it's quoted in the, in the in the paper is that there's Yeshua's and Niflos. He doesn't say. He says he's buried in this place. They, he's buried somewhere in Bottom Harazayim. Now we know, and it makes a lot of sense. He was Rav Yishlaim, so that's where he'd be buried. We don't know exactly where he himself writes the Bartanur that Yishlaim is full of Myris, Every single hole in the ground is a mire. There's, it just there's, there's no place you can identify in any way. <clears throat> he brings fascinating. He did his research, so it says in the in the Gilead that says tens of thousands of people came to Davin, and the police were stunned by it, and they weren't prepared. So he called up the police and asked them. <laughs> said he said, "Well, somebody called us and said to expect fifteen thousand people, and we sent out a huge amount of police. We estimate around nine hundred people were there." <laughs> And, and, you know, there's no, there's no marker whatsoever for any of it, for nothing of it. The one thing is somebody wrote a story, but they have Uvda, they went to, to, to Davim on Gimel Sivan, there, except it was Shabbos, so they went two days earlier. If it's on Shabbos, you can go Thursday and Friday, and, and they were nice and so on and so forth. He says, Rosh writes, I have news for you. Gimel Sivan can never come out on a Shabbos. It's one of the days I can't come to shop. So, 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 so the story is more from a new bay. And if anybody wants, it's, it's extremely fascinating reading. It, it goes through all the tightness and, and shows how people are able to, to blur things. And, and you know, the, it, 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 it's, it's just fascinating. But I, I would like to point out something. That a person, that somebody opened up Mishnayis, that gave Mishnayis to Kalah Yisrael to learn. It, without the Rav, it's unthinkable of learning Mishnayis. Like I said before, if you try to touch the words, you're wrong. So, so it was the first period, the Rambam's period of Mishnayis is, is not thorough. It doesn't go through a whole Mishnah. He sums up points. It's different. The Rav is a period that's, that makes the Mishnayis and, that, and it's become... It's become one of the, the, the sort of the Nichsel Knight of Kalei It's become one of the firm um, Kenyan Makalei So people are not disbarred from that. But a story about a cave and a this and a that, and it's like, it's, it's so funny how people's fantasies are never governed by the Seichel. Um, and, and therefore you, can, you come along and you find a, 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 a story, who, what, when, where, nothing. Um, but it's so so just bearing in mind understanding that the Rav is a landmark Pirish it, it, it became just what what Rashi in his way did with Chumash and Gemara the Rav did with Mishnayis it's, it's an extraordinary it's a extraordinary place to 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 stand in Kalei so that's, that's that's his place for us and 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 it's also very fascinating the the understanding of his his travelogue. I find very fascinating. You have the, you know the Vayinbar his own impressions, his own seeing of things, and the different kehillas. What's fascinating is also all these kehillas in those days were so cut off from each other. It, it, there wasn't, it, 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 and each one the the problems, the challenges that developed with each each kehilla that was cut off. From, from from the mainland, so to speak, the challenges they had, um, and and what this the sorry state of of, of what Kehillas looked like in in, in Shalayim, the way he writs about it, um, there, there was it was and and he Lamaisa, 
um, was very instrumental in helping put it back on his feet again. He um, he got involved, and and a lot of it was he was the one who, and his Talmud writes about him that he really made a, a tremendous difference. So it's important to keep always a perspective about what's important and what's not. Um, the Rav and his peers like yes, that's a big schooler to learn Mishnayis with the Rav. Is, is to know the site of Shas, and it's something that's learnable for every Yid, um, and, and so on. Uh, the other stuff's the other stuff. <laughs> that's the. Okay, I can find him. Maybe you can't even go here.